Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Joe Ross Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols and Tom Bridge from the District Sports page on the line. Coming to you after another dominant performance from Joe Ross on the mound in this third MLB start. We'll start there, Dave. Five runs, one walk, 12 Ks, and 13 innings pitched. His first two starts, season high, 108 pitches last time out, though he did throw 102 in one start with Harrisburg. Helped stop a two-game slide last time out in Milwaukee, trying to do it again tonight. Was just six when A.J. Burnett debuted, which someone noted in the pregame press conference, which I just add for humor value. Uh, Jung-Ho Kang singled and scored in the 28-pitch second. So one run he gave up at that point. Sliders to get McCutcheon in first two at-bats, striking McCutcheon out when the Nationals have struggled to retire him at all over the years. Seven Ks after striking out the side in the fourth. Nine Ks after five. Ten Ks, 84 pitches and six innings pitched. 11 Ks, 96 pitches after working around his second walk in 20 innings in the majors. In the seventh inning, he comes back out for the eighth, surprised a little bit there, but they had the bullpen worked in in case anything went wrong. Ended up bringing on a relief pitcher, David Carpenter, there, but a dominant outing by Ross Dave. Seven and a third innings, six hits, one run, one earned run, the one walk, 11 Ks, 102 pitches total. Just a really dominant outing. That slider is a really devastating pitch. He was wiping it out and really just dominated the Pirates hitters for the most part tonight, and they were a hot Pirates team coming in. But he's going to have some rough nights in his major league career, but he hasn't yet, and he certainly didn't tonight. Um, you know, we, we mentioned uh, in his last couple of starts that he was showing the slider, but it really wasn't uh, um, wasn't biting. It wasn't that good hard uh, um, tilt, as they call it. But uh, tonight it was just outstanding. I mean, he just had um, a good Pirates club just flailing at it all night long. Um, you know, Ross has got this in him. You know, he uh, he struck out uh, 8.6 per nine last year. Uh, it was up to like 9.4 or whatever this year for the Nats in Harrisburg. So um, so he's got the strikeout pitch. Um, it's just remarkable to see a guy making his third major league start uh, look so dominant. I mean, he, he looked every bit as dominant as Strasburg did in his original debut when he struck out 14 against the Pirates. I mean, maybe it's just um, maybe it's just the Nats have good luck against the Pirates and, and rookies um, striking them out. But um, just a terrific performance by Ross tonight. Um, he threw almost as many sliders as he did fastballs, um, kind of scrapped the changeup tonight. I guess he didn't feel like he needed it. He didn't even throw it to, to left-handers. He just kept bearing that uh, that slider in on, um, you know, away from righties and in on lefties, and it worked all night. Tom, as uh, Dave mentioned there, and Andrew Simon from MLB.com mentioned on Twitter just a few minutes ago, Joe Ross threw 47 sliders of the 102 pitches he threw. Out of those, 36 strikes, 32 swings, 18 whiffs with it. Gave up just one hit on the slider the whole night. I think he got one of his Ks that I noticed on a fastball with sinker to Jung-Ho Kang, but as Dave mentioned, that slider just really a wipeout slider tonight and a devastating pitch. And 
Matt Williams said after the game, it's all about his fastball, though, locating his fastball, throwing it wherever he wants, and then being able to drop that slider out of the zone. Yeah, playing the mental game is something that Joe Ross was really doing tonight. And, uh, you know, wiping people out and convincing them that they were seeing the fastball when they were actually seeing the slider and vice versa. And, boy, was it effective. Uh, and I was going to say, I think, uh, you know, something on the order of uh, – <clears throat> The only person who's uh, gotten more whiffs than he had, than than Ross did tonight is uh, the guy who's going tomorrow night, Max Scherzer. So, you know, it's it's sad that we're only going to see him probably once or twice more, uh, you know, this time out because he's he's likely the one to end up down uh, again after this uh, round of injuries is uh, is handled and Strasburg comes back to pitch. But uh, it is definitely heartening to know that Joe Ross is nearby in case anything else happens. Dave, uh, Matt Williams said pretty much the same. They were talking about him as if he might be on his way out here, but I'll just read you guys two quotes and get your impression first, Dave, and then, Tom, see what you think about it. Matt Williams has asked about if this made a good impression for future when they need him or if they keep him up, and he said it allows us to have confidence in him in any situation, whether that's starting or if he comes back and is in the bullpen or if he remains in the bullpen or what have you. It's the impression that we all hoped he would make. And I'm sure he's proud to have made, so we'll see where we go from here. Let me just scroll down for the other one. It gives him confidence to know that he can pitch against arguably the hottest team in all of baseball and have success. And he does, and that does nothing but give him confidence from what I know of him and his personality. It doesn't change the way he's going about it, whether regardless of where he's at or what role he's pitching in, he'll continue to do what he does best. That's pound the strike zone with fastballs and use his slider. They're talking about him as if he might be on the way out, but there are also some hints there that, uh, I don't know, I'll just leave it to what you guys think from what Matt Williams said. Well, you know, I don't know where he goes in the bullpen, and I know that uh, um, that this bullpen has struggled uh, at at times this year, and um, certainly it has been a a, a room for concern. But if, if, if they decide to keep Ross and put him in the bullpen here immediately, that means they send down Trainin or Rourke. Um, you know, they just picked up David Carpenter, so I don't think they'd do anything with him. So, um, you know, preferentially you send the 22-year-old back to Harrisburg or even to Syracuse and let him continue to start, let him stay stretched out, um, you know, in the, uh, with the possibility that, that you know, pitcher, um, you know, the, the, that they need him to start again. I, I certainly don't see the utility um, in moving him to the bullpen at this point. But, um, but the one thing that Williams is right with is that, that his performance here in three starts, um, if he doesn't get another one, um, has given the Nationals, you know, just a ton of confidence in the kid to um, to be able to go back to him if and when they need him again. Um, I tend to agree with Dave that the best thing for him is to be starting somewhere the way he's thrown this season and the way he's thrown in his three major league starts. I, I can't disagree with that. As much as I was just thinking in my head, is there a good argument that I could make here where he could come in <laughs> and pitch the sixth and seventh on uh, on the back of the start, you know, every other, you know, every three to four days for the next, you know, month or two? And I just think to myself, nope, nope, I can't make that argument with a good straight face. He needs to go down and he needs to absolutely dominate double A and triple A hitting uh, until the Nets have a spot for him or they move him. And, you know, I was going to say it's it's – it is so difficult to be a baseball fan and get attached to players when you know they're just parts to the, to the team that's playing. 
and Joe Ross is a part without a place for the Washington Nationals right now, except in the case when one of their bigger guns is hurt. And that is a disservice to the young man, and I hope that they can either find him a spot up on the roster or they can send him somewhere where he can grow up and blossom and turn into a, a starter for somebody else. But, boy, it sure was fun to watch him in a Nats uniform tonight. And the crowd at Nationals Park, 38,000-plus, clearly appreciated. He got a nice ovation when they left the mound. They're happy to see a good pitching performance uh, after seeing some less-than-stellar ones in recent weeks. And when, But A.J. Burnett on the mound for the uh, Pirates tonight there, Dave, 6-2, 189 ERA, 274 FIP, 233, 292, 300 line against so far this season, 12-5, 319 ERA, 238, 303, 354 line against, and 149 in the third innings pitch in his 17 years in the majors against the franchise, but down 2 nothing early, Span and Rendon single, they both score on a UNL ground out, UNL Escobar ground out, uh, Wilson Ramos double respectively, UNL reaches on an error, takes third on a line out, scores on a Ramos RBI single, three to one after three. Matt Williams said that his ball was up a little bit for AJ tonight. We took advantage of it. Wilson hit a breaking ball for a double, hit a fastball up for the other RBI single. Nationals had plenty of opportunities. Uh, the one bad thing, I guess you could say, if you're <laughs> going to look for a negative here, four for 17 with runners in scoring position. Fortunately for the Nationals, they didn't need to catch in more of those runs because Ross shut them down, but a decent performance for the offense and a depleted offense against the pitcher who dominated them in the past. Yeah, not only did the Nets take advantage of, uh, of Burnett leaving the ball up, but they also took advantage of his absolute slow pokeness on the mound. I mean, he's got to be the <laughs> slowest worker. He's got to have the slowest delivery in the majors. He does just does everything slow on the mound. And, um, you know, it, Burnett is notorious for being able to run against them in the Nets. Uh, a little bit of that. They did some straight steals. They, uh, they did some hit and runs there early to set up the early runs. Um, you know, Matt Williams uh, the other day was talking about the need to manufacture more runs. And, and philosophically, if you uh, believe in that as a, as a baseball <laughs> baseball way of living or not, is you know, is a debate for another day. But um, but the Nets do need to make a little bit more offense, especially with their um, their spring training lineup and <laughs> going these days. So they they were able to do that. They were able to take advantage of what Burnett was able to give him, uh, give them. Burnett has been good this season. He's traditionally been good against the Nets. He had four of his eight wins for the season last year against the Nationals. So they were able to take advantage of him tonight, and like you said, get just enough offense and um, and let uh, Joe Ross do the rest tonight. Tom, another uh, pirate who's dominated the Nationals over the years, Andrew McCutcheon, 345, 393, 764 line in the Nats home, four doubles, five home runs in 14 games, 345, 392, 764 line overall versus the Nationals in his career, but 0 for 4, three Ks, two against uh, Joe Ross, one against uh, Drew Storen in the ninth inning. It was the dominant ninth by Drew Storen, we should add, but he managed to shut him down, and that's one guy who's killed the Nationals over the years, the one guy on that team, a uh, good team this year, that you can't let beat you, and Nationals managed to shut him down on the night completely. Yeah, and uh, the number of text messages that I received after Kutch struck out there in uh, the first time around and then again on the second time around from other Nationals fans was nothing short of staggering. Uh, this was <laughs> definitely a night for uh, Nats fans to enjoy the suffering of Andrew McCutcheon, and, boy, did he suffer just plenty there. Um, it, look, it, he's one of the superlative players in the game. Um, it, he is a joy to watch. Uh, he hits the ball like so few players in the bigs do right now. But 
it's really, really rewarding to see the Nats get him out tonight, especially after he's really just had their number the last two seasons. Those stat lines you just read, I, I don't think there's a there, there's a marquee player who's done as well against the Nationals as McCutcheon has against the Nationals. So anytime you you put him down so you, 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 without a hit, uh, you know, anytime you manage to send him away without letting him hurt you, you have done a good thing as a baseball club. And boy, did the Nats do that tonight. I'll just mention the one other name I put in my post game and said the two of them were battling for the uh, role of the best player in Nationals Park. That's not a national, and that would, of course, be Giancarlo Stanton of the Miami Marlins, who put equally ridiculous numbers and video game numbers up in the nation's capital, but it's one of the two, I'd say. Dave, uh, I have to find the inning here. I'm scrolling through the fifth inning. Gregory Polanco hits a fly ball to center field that Denard Stan loses in the light, doesn't see at all, has to drop about 20 feet in front of him. Two outs later, Josh Harrison comes up. It's still, I believe, a 3-1 game at that point. Yes, it is. 3-1 game. Nationals not scoring on those opportunities. You're wondering if they're going to blow it, possibly, as they've done in recent weeks, but... Uh, Josh Harrison hits a well-struck line drive to left field. Michael Taylor tracks back on it, takes a really good route to the ball, makes a leaping catch at the wall, and brings it down for the final out of the inning. Just a great defensive play by Michael Taylor there, and one of a few he's made in the last couple of weeks at the wall, showing no fear running back there. Right. Well, I mean, it was it turned out to be a great catch, but he damn near overran the thing because once he got to the to the um, warning track, he had to reach back over his head to make the catch. So. Um, yeah, it was spectacular. He took a great route, but he over he ended up overrunning it. So um, adding a little bit more fast. drama to what was all yeah, adding a little bit more drama to what was already a pretty dramatic play. But um, well, we know that the that, that, that Taylor can go out and pick it. Uh, we also know that um, that it's a luxury to have a, a defender um, such as him. Uh, in left field right now, as opposed to center field, his eventual home for the Nationals. So, um, just a, a tremendous defensive play. And uh, you mentioned the the, the span um, gaff earlier. Um, you know that the Nets uh, Nets Park center field there, especially that time of night when um, you know when when you can still see blue sky above the um, above the roof of the of the press box there uh, is is really tough for center fielders and. Um, it's not. It's surprising that this doesn't happen more often. I mean, it's it, it's good that the Nets have had quality defenders out there the last couple of years that we haven't seen any more often. But uh, um, you know, a rare miss to you by Span tonight. Speaking of Span, Tom, 13 for 43, and the first at his first step out of the game and his 46 starts before the season. Two for two today in his first two ABs. Ramos, two for two, two RBIs in his first two at bats. Matt Williams talked last night about people having to step up. He clarified today that he wasn't talking about anyone in particular who hasn't stepped up, but just making the obvious statement that with Bryce Harper out, who's been their offensive MVP so far this season, everyone's going to have to come together and try to make a difference here and get the Nationals going while Harper's down. Good to see the Nationals respond like they did. They left the bases loaded, as we mentioned a few times, uh, four for 13, six left on base after four innings. I already mentioned how they ended up the game, but... A lot of hits off of A.J. Uh, Burnett, 14 hits total off him tonight. So nice to see the Nationals kind of respond and pick pick themselves up, essentially, after Bryce Harper went down last night. Yep, 14 hits tonight. You know, the Nats really put the bat on the ball. Uh, everybody had a hit tonight. So everybody from Joe Ross all the way back up to Denard's fan had at least one hit tonight, and that's exactly what they needed. Uh, this team works best when the line keeps moving. And when you've got a cold bat in the middle, 
which, you know, in some cases has been Clint Robinson while he's filling in. In some cases, that's Anthony Rendon. I mean, Rendon it ends up one for three on the night with a walk. He really hasn't looked like himself yet. He's grounded into a couple mm-hmm. of double plays, I believe, uh, or no, just one double play tonight. But uh, he, he just hasn't looked himself yet. He hasn't looked comfortable out there. We're not seeing the Tony two bags that we knew and really enjoyed from last season. And once he starts to rank, I think that's when things are going to really start to turn around, and the Nats can actually start to build some distance uh, into you know into their uh, into their long process. Uh, Mets, I believe, lost this evening. I think they moved within a half a game of first place in the East tonight. I did not check. Yep, half a game. Mets uh, lost three yep. straight now, five and five in their last ten. Thank you, Atlanta. Good news all around. And yeah, good news all around tonight. And if they can keep hitting the ball like they're hitting, if we can keep seeing double-digit hits out of there, it's only going to matter so much that they went four for seventeen with runners uh, with runners aboard. Uh, so it, it's it's if they can keep putting those hits together, and they don't have to be smashes. You can get away with uh, singles and doubles across the board as long as they just keep coming. Some more good news to end the show. Matt Williams talked after the game. Everyone noticed Jason Worth out there shagging flies, a glove on his left hand. He's wearing a little shield underneath it apparently, but Matt Williams said he's keeping his legs in shape still six weeks out, but out there and confident enough in his wrist at that point that he was putting a little pressure on it, making some catches. So good sign for the Nationals coming back. No real update on Bryce Harper after the game other than that he worked out today and got his leg checked out by the doctor again. So we'll see what happens with that tomorrow. I doubt he's going to be in the lineup tomorrow, but that's just a purely guesswork on my part. I'd be surprised if he was, but the Nationals beat the Pirates tonight 4-1. to Tomorrow, 4-0-5 start. Max Scherzer versus Francisco Liriano in the second game in the nation's capital with the Pirates of three this weekend. Matt tonight will be sponsored by the district sports page at federalbaseball.com, at NationalsBSD for Dave on Twitter, at TomBridgeBSD, at Federal Baseball for us. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Have a good evening. Dog out for the good ass. <laughs>